Are you excited that we are less than a month away from our big tree time extravaganza? Oh, yeah. Looking forward to it. You bet. Most of us will be there. Uh, I knew this was going to happen. Andy's... Andy's too big for us. Now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Andy's, Andy's hanging out with Hamp and OB now every week. And My protectors, yes. So, yeah, unfortunately, Andy can't join us uh, this year. So. Maybe you can shoot an arrow it's, off my head. I'm sorry to hear that. Or a bow, uh, an apple off my head. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. I don't know how we're going to film. Maybe we, we need us. you know what, we need a substitute Andy. Uh-oh. That's never a good thing. What do thing. you have in mind? That's never there. a good thing. I'm thinking like a listener. Ah. Oh, a listener. Yeah, a listener can be substitute Andy. Okay. <laughs> well, we've got to come up with different ways to entertain everyone during that hour that uh, we're off for the pregame show. I'm hearing that we might be on the web for that one hour. Ah, okay. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. We, uh, we're going to be on uh, November 13th at Tree Time. Uh, Christmas tree creations in Lake Barrington. We do our annual uh, holiday, pre-holiday extravaganza, and um, the uh, it'll be from uh, we're on from nine to one, but from what is it? Uh, 11, eleven to noon. Yeah. Eleven to noon. Uh, Andy and his big shot friends, <laughs> Hamp and Ob, Hall of Famer. Uh, are, they they're going to do their uh, their you know their pre game show for the Bears game that right. day, so so we'll be off the air, but we're still going to continue to entertain the the, the sold out uh, crowd who are there, and I think we're going to be on the web, so you'll still be able to listen, but you'll have to switch over to the www for that. That's that new worldwide web control. All the kids right? are talking about yeah. it. Yeah, I heard it's it's the coming thing. Yeah, it all, may catch on. All the kids are talking about it. I know I'm on my AOL account. <laughs> <laughs> what did I have? I had something before AOL. What was it? Uh, uh, Prodigy. Prodigy. Yeah, I had Prodigy. That was the very first one, I think. Was it? Yeah. yeah. What happened to them? <laughs> they just got dissolved. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> That was text only, though. Was it? Yeah, yeah. It was text only. They uh, they were making headway into you know sending pictures and so forth. Maybe a little audio, but uh, it was quite eventually a, quite uh, a novelty was uh, was uh, moved away. I know that I had my flip phone, and remember how on your flip phone how you used to text? You had to hit oh, God. hit the same number like four times, yeah. to get a letter or whatever. And then if you wanted to do like a comma or a period or an explanation, good luck. Oh, it was a nightmare. <laughs> it was a nightmare. Then I moved Can on. you show me how to do this, Andy? Yeah, I'll, I'll show you after the okay. video. On okay. your flip phone? <laughs> well, I'm, I tried the brick phone, and it wouldn't Schwani's do it. Still, he still got the bag phone. Schwanny's still uh, rocking the, the bag phone. Yeah. <laughs> Which was his nickname in high school, by the way. <laughs> One thing is not like it was the last time all three of us were here. <laughs> Shwani, did you get married? No. Neither did I. Jack, did that you get, leaves. Jack, did you get married? No. Producer, I did not. producer Jack did not get married. Hmm, who does that leave? Let's hmm. see. Let's see. Engineer Bob? Think of that. Engineer Bob? Did Engineer Bob get married? He didn't say anything to me about it. No. I don't think so. No. 
Jack is confirming a, a big old no on that. <laughs> but Andy Mazur and his lovely wife Melina got married last yeah. weekend. Yes, we did. Congratulations. Thank you very much. It so, was awesome. So tell us uh, the story. Uh, now, first of all, did Hamp and OB stand up with you? They did not. Uh, we were fearing that they would continue to interrupt the officiant <laughs> with uh, <laughs> updates on the Bears game. What do, you mean, what do you mean, does anybody <laughs> object to this marriage? Yeah. You object, you're an idiot. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so they did not. Uh, we, we, uh, we eloped out to, uh, to California, uh, just to live out there for a little while. We went to, uh, Coronado Island and the, uh, there's a famous hotel. If you're not familiar with it, it's called the Hotel Del Coronado. They filmed a few movies, movies yeah, there over the very, years. Very famous. Uh, beautiful beach. So we decided that's, uh, where we were going to get married and we got married on Saturday, uh, around, uh, four thirty or so Pacific time. Now, wait a minute. Was this planned or are you just, oh yeah, we, we, we planned our care. We Carefully planned our elopement. Sitting around the house and go, hey, what do you yeah, want to do today? Let's go to California. Go to California and get married. Yeah, it was it was great. It was a private ceremony with uh, just a couple of people there, a photographer, a, a witness. Uh, also, our officiant I knew uh, was a guy that I worked with uh, before in, in San Diego. And it was just, it was about as perfect as a day that you could imagine it oh, being. Oh, that's nice. And the weather cooperated. Uh, the the pictures turned out great, and uh, of course I got to marry Molina, so that's even better. Yep. Yeah, you definitely uh, upgraded. Yeah, I did. I know. With uh, I'm well aware. You're not the only one telling me that. What by did the I say, way, marry you married up. Yeah, married up. You married up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it was fantastic. It was uh, a great getaway for us, and uh, a great way to start uh, a new chapter. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, couldn't be happier for Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> Chwani, did you know that this was going to go on? Yeah, I actually I know, did. I know you two have a lot of secrets uh, from me. <laughs> yeah, right. You keep secrets from me. I knew of the arrangement, yes, and uh, was uh, very pleased to see that beautiful picture of the two of them walking hand in hand on the, on beach, the beach there. Yeah. That was a beautiful yeah, shot. That was a beautiful shot. Yeah. I liked your comment, by the way. What did I comment on? You said <laughs> Oak Street Beach never Oak looked beach better. Never looked better. <laughs> Comedy, very comedy. It was good. It gave us a good laugh. Comedy. Um, I was in California last weekend. Really? I could have actually been there. Well, heck, I would have known that. You'd have been. Yeah. You'd have been you over didn't there. crash yeah. the wedding. I didn't know the wedding was going on. Until, oh, okay. Until I saw the <laughs> Facebook photo because mm-hmm. you guys are keeping secrets against me. Nah, um, we wouldn't do that. But <clears throat> Shwani, you weren't here for the story last week, Andy. But um, I was in California twice. <laughs> over the past couple of weeks doing some interviews and uh one the the previous trip i get back from california i hop in a cab to go home (laughs) you're gonna love this andy and halfway halfway home i realized that i had driven to the airport and i I forgot my car at the airport i left my car at the airport so i made the cab driver turn around oh man and uh, went back and got my car. <laughs> but, Shwani, you'll be happy to know that the second time that I went to California... You did remember. I did remember that where I left. I understand nice. you spent several hours in the parking structure uh, with people leaving their cars, and you were saying, don't forget your car when you come back. Right. Don't forget your car when you come back. Yeah. 
I am no longer allowed <laughs> to be in the parking. <laughs> That's I've good. Been, I've been banned. If you go to the parking lot at O'Hare, no. When you put your uh, when you go to get the ticket, you'll see a picture of me with a red line through it. <laughs> Do not admit. I'm not allowed in the uh, in the parking <laughs> structure anymore. <laughs> With this outraged look on your face. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> just just confused. Just confused look oh, on man. my face. Where am I? How do I get home? How do I get home? Well, <clears throat> I'm, I couldn't be happier. Andy and uh, Melina Schwani, you will agree with me on this. A lovelier couple there never was. I certainly will. Yeah, fantastic. She's she's the best, and uh, yeah, it keeps me uh, keeps me grounded for sure. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Now, have you thrown your diet completely out the window now? And no. Going back to eating no, no, junk? No, no we, we had a very bad eating weekend, though, because it was uh, you know a lot of uh, Mexican food and a lot of uh, cake and yeah. cookies and things of that nature. Yeah, so uh, no, I, I, uh, she, she cringes every time you say that on the air, by the way, that you want me to get married so I can, can so return you, to my so fat old get self. Fat again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And she's probably listening right now going, no! Hey, you know what? We'll see what happens. Uh-huh. Time will tell. Yes, it will. Time will tell. Um, what was I going to say? Shawnee, what was I going to say? I don't know. What were you going I to say? I completely forgot. <laughs> um, I'm sure. Did you know Andy really... got married last weekend? <laughs> Somebody on we the... have to remind you. Somebody on the text line has already said, has, did Chwani take you to the airport the second time? <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the new arrangement from now on. Chwani's going to drive me. Chwani Uber. Chwani's going to become my new... It's going to be driving... Your new driver. Driving Miss Dean. Driving, driving Mr. Dean. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be us uh, in our old days. <laughs> Where'd you say we were going? Nope. Uh, well, I have uh, I, I I had something else brilliant to throw into this, and I can't remember what it is. But uh, oh, oh, I remember now. Uh, people, uh, you know, can send all their wedding gifts here to WGN. Sure, yeah, we'll be happy to uh, accept to uh, Andy and uh, Melina. Uh, they prefer cash. Cash uh, is king. Non traceable uh, greenback American dollars. Correct. Non sequential. Yep. But if you uh, you know if you if you've got a salad shooter, <laughs> if you've got some. <laughs> Useful items like that. Uh, yeah, we're running an appliance superstore right now at the house. I, want, I can imagine. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can imagine. Well, congratulations. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Again, we're very happy for you on that. Um, I wonder if uh, Schwani is going to somehow tie this wedding into today's far-flung forecast. Uh, we'll find out when we come right back. And now at 924... It's time for the far-flung forecast, our weekly compendium of interesting facts and figures. Oh, look, it's the cute little ring bearer coming down the aisle. (laughs) (laughs) Little Davy Schwan. When did we start the far-flung forecast? Oh, when did we start it? Do you have any idea for how long? I I am going to venture a guess and say at least eight years. Okay. Yeah. I know we started it because I was making fun of you. I know that's hard to believe uh, because you were giving temperatures in faraway places. 
Yeah, and I've lost count of the times you've made fun of me. That's, so I, it's the, I've only done it once or twice <laughs> in I'm the last forty-one years. I last ten minutes. <laughs> last forty-one seconds. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I was just thinking about that today. For how long? Uh, you know, when I say we have been doing this, I'm going to say eight years and maybe longer. Okay. Yeah, I know because well, when you when you did start to make fun of me in this regard, it was you know the fact that we were giving. Temperatures really from around the Midwest at the end of the newscasts. Right. And you said, you know, I like the way you talk about Grand Rapids or you like to talk about Fort Wayne, Indiana or oh, something yeah. like that. Oh, yeah, I love that. So then I started picking random towns and cities Just and crazy places. Crazy places. Yeah. And you said, well, if you're going to do this, talk about the community. And that's how it got started. Well, and now it's, uh, you know, the most popular feature. In the 100-year history of uh, <laughs> WGF. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. Each week, people get out their, uh, pro- what do you say? Their compasses and protractors. Com- compasses and protractors. So they can and this newfangled GPS thing. Yeah, so, so they can look up the uh, location on their uh, phones to see what you're talking about this week. Uh, and what are you talking about? And we are talking this week about a town known as Marceline, Missouri. Marceline, Missouri. Or do you say Missouri? Uh, I like to say Missouri. You do? I do. Okay. Well, a lot of people in Missouri say Missouri. Isn't that how Harry Truman used to say it? Yes. Missouri? Yeah. A lot of people that are from that part of uh, the country yeah. do say Missouri. I like to do pretty much. I like to copy Harry Truman in every way possible. Because <laughs> <laughs> the buck stops The buck here. stops here. Uh, population of Marceline, Missouri is 2,123. It goes back to 1887, and they've had a post office there since 1887. Wow. But That's a we, lot of letters that must have been sent. <laughs> but we bring, we bring up Marceline, Missouri, because it is a childhood home, not the birthplace, but a childhood home of an individual who, along with his brother, helped change, and I mean literally change, the entertainment industry in the 20th and 21st centuries what? in this country. What? The two brothers' last name is Disney. Walt Disney and Roy Disney, on this date, 99 years ago, formed their company in Los Angeles, California. Walt had worked in uh, Kansas City, briefly running a studio called the Laughagram Studio, which didn't go well at all. In fact, it went bankrupt. And then uh, he moved to Los Angeles. His brother was there, and they uh, formed a, a company that I think became rather successful. Yeah, they've done okay through the years. But the, the, uh, the Disney family lived here in Chicago. Yes, they did. For quite a long time. Yes, well. Walt, Walt and the family uh, lived uh, in Chicago, kind of on the northwest side. And then uh, when, when Walt was four, they moved to Marceline, Missouri, mm-hmm. and uh, oh. later in uh, Kansas City. Oh, Chicago, yes, indeed. Chicago was first then. Chicago was first. Oh. Uh, yes, his father built that house. Yeah. and uh, Still there. They, they uh, refurbished it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's like kind of a historic place now to go to the birthplace of Walt Disney. You think they're going to do that for you? Yes, I do. (laughs) I've been assured. You've been told. Yeah, the mayor called me this week and said, (laughs) like, it will be designated a state historic site. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly right. 
They're going to put that picture of you with the red line through it there. Yeah. <laughs> but Marceline, Missouri has uh, Missouri. actually Missouri. Missouri. Right, Missouri. Missouri. Sunny skies, it's 46 now, going up to a high of 63. What was the name of the very first Mickey Mouse movie? Steamboat Willie. That was a good one. Hmm. 1928. Have you ever seen it, Andy? Uh, I've heard about it. Steamboat no, but Willie, don't think I've ever seen it's, it. It's fascinating. Yeah, take a look on uh, okay. on, on that, the YouTube on the YouTube's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it, it, it's cool. It's it's not at all like uh, Mickey Mouse's now, but it's you know it's like a a, a rough raw version of Mickey Mouse uh, from back in the day. That was how it all got started. Yeah. Hmm. So as I say, the company did fairly well, didn't they? Yeah, Mickey was smoking in the first movie. <laughs> Was he? Using foul language. <laughs> 1928. He was right. working blue. He was working blue. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it wasn't in color either. No? No, I'm watching it right now. Oh, you are? Yeah. Okay. There's a steamboat. <laughs> I'm waiting for Willie. <laughs> was Mickey Willie? I don't think he was called Mickey Mouse no, he in the was, beginning, wasn't he? It, it might have been. He might have been Willie, and then they changed it to Mickey Mouse. Willie the yeah. Rat? Yeah. <laughs> Willie, the disease-covered rodent? <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. Are we done? Are We're you, done. Are we done? Marceline, Missouri. Yeah. Sunny and a high of 63 today. Where it's 937. Time for our weekly visit with Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. Well, you went uptown. Good morning to you, Dr. Most, and welcome to the show. Good morning, Dean. How are you guys doing this morning? We are doing uh, just fine and dandy. Uh, I wanted to start off with uh, the COVID news that came out this week, that the uh, CDC expanded the use of updated COVID vaccines for kids. Uh, Can you explain? Yeah, you know, we were waiting for this, and it couldn't have come at a better time, to be honest with you, with uh, temperatures dropping and a lot more indoor activities. But we were waiting for that 5 to 11-year-old data, that when I say the data being that old, 5 to 11-year-olds being able to get the bivalent booster. And that information was presented last week and was approved. And as of last Wednesday, um, kids age 5 to 11 can get that COVID booster, the one that's specific or Omicron, uh, BA4, BA5, you know, the the strains that yeah. are now circulating. The latest and greatest. The, yeah, it, it, it is. And, and unfortunately, only about a third of the 5 to 11-year-olds have been fully vaccinated. So it's not a big population, but we certainly want to keep these kids in school. Yeah, I was surprised to uh, hear and read uh, the very low amount of people who are availing themselves of this new vaccine. I mean, adults even. Why do you think that is? Well, I don't know whether it is timing, saying, wait a second, I just got COVID because so many individuals have gotten COVID through the summer, and they say, wait, I'm going to wait until I get closer to the holidays. Whether it's um, apathy and, you know, vaccine apathy, or whether it's saying, people are saying, you know what, hey, COVID's just a bad flu, and uh I just warn people to be very careful about that. We still have, you know, 400 deaths a year. I can tell you right now we have 20 patients in the hospital with COVID. So uh, it still is out there. And those individuals that can get the booster, I certainly would recommend it. Uh, I was in Los Angeles twice over the past uh, week or so. And uh, on planes, 
uh, in crowded areas, uh, most people are wearing masks, which I thought was uh, very hopeful that people are taking the necessary precautions. Yeah, you know, um, I flew, I guess I flew a couple weeks ago, and I was I was pleasantly surprised at the number of people wearing it in the airport, especially lining up to get on the plane. Um, again, people don't look at you wearing a mask and kind of make a face at you anymore. I think we probably are understanding that as we get in closer contact and get closer to the holidays, people want to make sure that they stay healthy. So I think that's a little encouraging, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, let's hope that that uh, continues. In the meantime, um, we should be also thinking about uh, the influenza shots right now, the the good old-fashioned flu shots, right? Absolutely, and people should need uh, need to know, too, you can get both shots at once. You can get the COVID booster and the influenza if you're up for the COVID booster. So they'll just do it in uh, either arm. But, yeah, you know, we talked a while ago about how bad the flu season was in the Southern Hemisphere, and it certainly looks like that is the way it's going to play out right now here uh, for all of us. Um, cases are probably about a month ahead of where we normally would expect them right now. We are starting to see a lot of positivity down in the southeast and the southern, you know, Texas, all the way across to the Carolinas, um, which is concerning as we, you know, start to get into this travel season again. Now, what's the difference between uh, just a regular flu shot and the high-dose flu shot, which is being recommended for people over the age of 65? Yeah, so as we age, we know our immune system does not work as well. If you go back even to the COVID, look at you know, COVID vaccines, who were the ones that got that second booster first? I should say the second primary first. It was those over the age of 65, because we know that as we age, our immune system is not doesn't ramp up as quickly. So we want to make sure that we give a dose that is going to get the attention of the immune system. So those over the age of 65, you're just getting you're getting the same vaccine, just a much higher dose of it. So still looking at the same four strains but just at a higher dose that your immune system will pick up and antibodies will be made and persist through the entire flu season. Yeah, already a, a ton of questions for you on our text line, 312-981-7200. On our regular phone line, if you want to call in, 312-981-7200. Uh, for Dr. Most from the 708 area code, I'm 68. I'm healthy and have just gotten over COVID. When should I get my flu shot? Yeah, so it's very interesting because the CDC took a little bit of a different change right uh, just this week as well on that. Historically, they were saying, you know what, wait, you have three months of immunity here. Now, the individual is 68, although a healthy 68, you still say, is that immunity going to wane? So right now, the CDC is saying anybody who has had the infection is symptom-free and test negative can get the booster immediately. They don't have to wait the three months. For this individual, if they're just getting over it right now, here we are, October 16th, I would say, boy, you know, sometime probably in December, especially if you have any travel plans around the the Christmas holidays there, I would definitely get that booster. Why uh, why wait, uh, do you think? Because uh, is it because uh, coming out of COVID, you've got natural immunity? Well, two things, Dean. I think, one, they weren't sure about how many people would step up, and they wanted to make sure that they were getting the vaccine in the arms of people that appropriately needed the protection versus those that did have some natural immunity. What they've seen, I think, is that the number of people going to get it is not as high, so there isn't this big demand. There's plenty of supply. So now they're saying, okay, we can cut back. And those who are concerned about their health, 
immunocompromised, you know, over the age of 65, even if you've had an infection, now you can get that. I think they were concerned there might be a run on this and we wouldn't have enough to get those who really needed the protection. And now they're changing their tune and wanting to make sure that those who want to be protected can be maximized. You know, the, uh, you know, more, more than uh, uh, anything of questions that I get about COVID during the week, you know, questions for you, uh, ask Dr. Most, these questions are people asking about the combinations of immunizations and when can they get them? Uh, both COVID, uh, influenza, uh, pneumonia, shingles, you know, go down the list. I mean, how, how should people kind of schedule all of that? Yeah, so I'm a big fan of not stepping on vaccines. What I mean is getting them both at the same time. Now, that being said, COVID and influenza, two totally very similar vaccines, looking at an infectious virus that's common in a respiratory that comes up every season. For the pneumonia and the shingles, I say spread those out a little bit, and for a couple reasons. Not that your immune system's not smart enough to handle it, But individuals who get the shingles vaccine often feel pretty punky for a couple of days. And really, why step on that with the other? The other is you really want your immune system to be tuned into that because it is more of a marathon versus a sprint, right? I'm concerned about getting influenza here in the next couple of weeks. I'm not concerned about getting shingles if I'm a somewhat healthy, you know, someone over the age of 50. But I certainly want to make sure that I have those decades of protection for shingles as well as the pneumonia versus the immediate term right now, the ones I'm concerned about being COVID and influenza. So I would say individuals who are looking to start their shingles series, get your vaccine for COVID, get your vaccine for influenza, wait a couple of weeks and then start your uh, shingles series. Is there anything that people can do to lessen the effects of any um, effects of any of those uh, shots? Well, you know, I mean, taking Tylenol, Motrin, Advil certainly will help some of the aches and pains. Making sure that you're really well hydrated will also take away some of those muscle aches. But people also have to understand that, you know, when we talked about side effects from vaccines, that's the body's immune system telling you it is turned on and it is working. It is seeing something foreign in your body that it doesn't like and it's causing inflammation, which is exactly what we want from the vaccine. That being said, people who don't have any, your immune system is still working fine. You just haven't gotten the side effects. But really, just taking you know the aches and pains and low-grade fevers, certainly taking simple over-the-counter medications, staying well hydrated, and I tell people get active, you know, get out, walk, you know, do some very light weights. Um, so certainly something that's going to get your circulatory system working and much more quicker. So okay, so some of those side effects are actually a sign that. Uh, things are working then. Things are, are doing what they're supposed to do. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to Dolores. You're on WGN with Dr. Kevin Most. Thank you. When I got my second boost, second shot, I was sick. When I got my first booster, I was really, really sick. When I got the second booster, I could hardly get out of bed. So I'm wondering with this new shot, do you think I could get half doses? Well, they won't. Yeah, Dolores, I mean, I totally understand what your concern is because of the side effects from it, and I'd love to know how long those side effects lasted, but they won't give you really a half dose because no study has been done on the half dose to say, if we give you a half dose, is it effective at all? So I would say, how bad were the side effects? And if they were so bad that you're saying, I'm not going to do this, 
and continue all your mitigation strategies of masking and social distancing and doing everything that you possibly can. If they were just avoid body aches and fever and that, take an Advil, take Tylenol, take some fluids, and then just rest. Because like I tell people, I don't know how old you are, Dolores, but individuals... I'm 90 years old. Oh, okay. You know, uh, (laughs) at 90, I would rather have an ache for a couple of days than COVID or influenza. But it was more than an ache. I mean, I was so so sick, I could hardly get out of bed. I could hardly move. I I was just... Out of it. How long did that last, Dolores? Uh, about two days. Okay. I'm still looking at these. These and someone that ninety that is ninety years old. COVID and influenza vaccines are lifesavers. You know, we got to remember we have about thirty five thousand deaths due to influenza each year when we've had a normal influenza season, and it's often people who are over the age of sixty five, seventy five. So certainly. Look to get protected for each of these illnesses that can actually extend your life. Well, I just got the flu vaccine. I've never had a problem with that. But the COVID has really just knocked me out. So I will keep masking and uh, following your suggestions. And thank you for your help. Yeah, good, oh, you're welcome. Good Thanks luck for the with everything, Dolores. Appreciate that. Let me take a break. We'll come back to more questions for Dr. Kevin Most, 312-981-7200. Dr. Kevin Most, Central DuPage Hospital, as always, on with us here on Sunday morning. And a text from the 847 area code, Kev, says, I'm a fourth grade teacher. I've been vaccinated uh, with all the available vaccines. My question is, what should I do about masking when I'm in school? Yeah, Dean, the million-dollar question that many are asking in some situations. What are we going to do with health care? What are we going to do in the teaching environment? You have to remember that the population that we're just talking about, so she's a fourth-grade teacher, she's hitting in that sweet spot of those 5- to 11-year-olds who have very low vaccination rates. So the chance of those kids coming in and spreading the disease to her certainly, or her or him, is certainly um, a concern. That being said, I think the facial expression of a teacher is very important to kids as they learn. So I would say, you know, mask when you're really up close with them. But if you're standing in front of the classroom, please take your mask off. I think, you know, we've shown that kids had a quite a, a you know, a decrease in education over the, the COVID experience. So we need to do everything we can to maximize them while still keeping our teachers safe. 630 area code said, has uh, Dr. Most heard about hair loss as an after effect of COVID? Maybe that's what happened to my hair. Um, yeah, that's probably what happened. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have not heard that. And that. That would be something that is fairly unusual. I mean, I haven't heard anybody say that. So that's an interesting question. And I don't know that there's documentation of that. Yeah, there's so much, uh, you know, so much talk and, you know, rumors get started and get passed around. Uh, you know, who knows? Here's Kathy. You're on WGN with Dr. Kevin Most. Hi, doctor. Um, I'm 72 years old in very good health. I've had two Moderna. And I had two boosters. Do I really need this next shot? Well, it's interesting, Kathy. You know, what you've had so far is essentially um, the basic of the vaccines. When we're looking at the one right now, it has the BA4, BA5. So great that you're 72 and in good health. But we have to remember that those vaccines that we got earlier 
don't protect us against BA4, BA5. We've had that, that has been shown consistently through the summer and the fall, which is why the numbers are so high. So really, it comes down to you to say, hey, do I want to be protected against BA4, BA5? And at the age of 72, I certainly would. Now, remember the caller before Dolores, who really had a difficult time with the side effects of it. I think that's what people are weighing right now, because it's not inconvenient to get it. It's the inconvenience of the of the side effects. But really, if yeah. you want the best protection, I would recommend it. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for the call. You're welcome. I th- I think you know you you put it uh, so well, Kev, when you said, uh, "Is it worth a couple of days of discomfort to make sure you're not going to get something that's going to turn into something so much more serious and possibly life threatening?" I, I mean, to me, uh, that's a good bargain to you know it, it just it, live through a couple of days of uh, discomfort, uh, get through it, and then you're uh, fully protected. Yeah, definitely. The investment in the vaccine and the side effects really has more of a long-range plan of helping you and protecting you and protecting those around you as well. Yeah. Here's Tom. You're on WGN. Hi, Tom. Oh, hi. Uh, Good morning. Uh, I just had a question about vitamin D. Dr. Most mentioned one time that uh, during the winter, it might be wise to take vitamin D. And I was just wondering, uh, would, uh, let's say, 400 IUs, which is 10 micrograms, would that be sufficient? Yeah, Tommy, you know, I'm glad you bring it up, too, because as we're getting close here to Halloween, we know that we're going to go, you know, to change the clocks here. And unfortunately, we're going to be uh, living a lot more in darkness for the next few months. And certainly we know two things about vitamin D. One is the importance in women and in men as well. For bone health, and two, we know the importance of it for um, our immune system as well. So certainly, we're not going to get that vitamin D from sunlight uh, during the winter months. So taking the supplement is very important. In the 400 I use, you're spot on right there. Take that. Individuals who take milk as well know that it's fortified with vitamin D. But certainly, we want to make sure we supplement it during the winter months for our health. Thank you for okay, the thanks, sir. Thank you yeah, very much. So much. Yeah, appreciate your call, and Kev. As always, we appreciate you joining us. I hope you have a great Sunday. You got it, Dean. Take care. We'll talk soon. Coming up on the program this morning, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, one-on-one. He's got a new movie that's coming out this coming Friday. Also, Pierce Brosnan. I say he's pretty close to the top of my favorite James Bond list. Hey, you said last week that you had interviewed him. Had a very, very nice conversation with uh, all of the above. Uh, talking about their new movie, Black Adam. You know who I uh, talked to just a couple of days ago? The reason I went back to Los Angeles? George Clooney and uh, Julia Roberts. Mm. Nice little chick. Oh, that's right. Did you tell them that you left your car at the airport and you had to fly that. back at a moment's notice to yeah. pick it up? Yeah, that did not come up in the conversation. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> really, except for you, it doesn't come up. <laughs> With you, it comes up about every 10 minutes, but I've pretty much completely forgotten about it. I, as Just as a, a thought here, maybe we should do a skit. At tree time, where you're riding in the cab, yeah, and you remember that you- <laughs> that I'm supposed to be at tree time. 
We could do an improv comedy skit on that. Yeah. You know what? The only thing that's disturbing about that is that probably will be me in three or four years. I'll pick you up. I really will not remember where I'm supposed to be. I'll pick you up if that makes you feel better. Andy. Yes? I'm so sad about Bruce Souter. Yeah, that was tough news to hear earlier this week. Um, it's very tough news to hear. Yeah, he was only 69 years old, and uh, Suter basically, he revolutionized the split-fingered fastball, which was a pitch that he was taught as a minor leaguer uh, in the Cubs organization from a guy named Frank Martin, and it really turned his career around. I mean, he was dominant, the the dominant closer in the, in the majors from probably around 1976 through 1982 uh, he was famous though for giving up the uh, two home runs to Ryan Sandberg as a cardinal right. in that game in 1984 but man i tell you it was good to see him get into the hall of fame well deserved and uh, a, a major loss for for the game of baseball and uh, from all accounts, I had never got a chance to interview him uh, really? over these whole all these years. I can't really? imagine. I, I can't figure out why I, I never got a chance to. But what year did he leave the Cubs? He left the Cubs. I believe it was uh, after 80s? the nineteen seventy nine season. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, that uh, far back. Yeah, I think he was in Chicago seventy four to seventy nine. And I know then, he won. Uh, he won the Cy Young Award that year, right? In nineteen seventy nine, it uh, was very rare that a closer or a relief pitcher would ever win that award, and he was uh, one of the guys that did. And uh, from all accounts, one of the greatest guys to ever talk to. And he was a guy that would joke around with you and uh, and had that uh, very at-ease disposition. And uh, unfortunately, he was diagnosed with cancer and uh, passed away in, in hospice care. But uh, his family said he went uh, very peacefully and that they were all by him. Yeah. Well, it's, and uh, he was not... He was not old either. No, 69. 69 yeah. Yeah. yeah, only 69 years old. Remember when that used to sound old? Yeah, and now it's young. It, yeah. it really is. <laughs> not that. It's not that old anymore. Yeah. It's very young as far as I'm concerned. Um, well, he was uh, he was one of the, it, it, you know, during... During certain eras of uh, watching Cubs games, he was the only thing that was worth watching. Yeah, uh, you're right. At, uh, you know, for many years, uh, and gave us a lot of enjoyment uh, out there. And uh, just very sad. It's uh, you know very sad uh, when anyone gets cancer uh, and passes away. Uh, he was surrounded by his family in hospice. Passed away in uh, Cartersville, Georgia. So. Our uh, our condolences to his family. He was with the Cubs from seventy six to eighty. Mm. So that was, uh, and he won a World Series with the Cardinals in in eighty two. Shawnee, I know you're a big pack rat. Well, not that I have to admit. Yes, I am. I can't even imagine what your cave must look like. <laughs> Which closet of uh, all of them? Old forty five records. Mm. Do you, Continue. Go ahead. Do you have old papers and letters yes. and things like that? Oh, yes. I have cassettes. Yeah. I have uh, reel-to-reel tapes, of course, uh, in a box. Do you have any way to play any of those reel-to-reel tapes? Not at the time. My Sony TC353 oh, hyphen Hudson 32700. Yeah, that was a good uh, one, Hudson 32700. Has, uh, has, has, has a mechanical failure. Uh, so uh, I right now, I cannot play the uh, reel-to-reel tapes. I was trying to get my reel-to-reel tapes, uh, you know, dubbed off, transferred over mm-hmm. to something digital. Yeah. And it's uh, nearly impossible to find some place to do that and these old tapes by the way 
you know, because of the, the nature of the material of the tape, it's just a piece of plastic with oxidized uh, magnetic uh, coating on it. Uh, it starts to deteriorate. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So yeah. all the brilliance of my early career is going to be lost. I, I have a shoebox full of mini discs. That was the, oh, yeah. the big, oh, the big yeah. fan in the late 90s, oh, early yeah. 2000s. Oh, yes. And I discovered that I actually must have purchased from probably eBay or something like that a mini disc player. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't work right now. But uh, I, need to, I need to listen to some of those, some old Cubs stuff. They gave me, early in my WGN career, they gave me a little uh, mini disc player mm-hmm. because they were evolving away from cassettes and, right. uh, you know, taped recordings. And they gave me one of these little mini disc players. Uh, and I've got, I'm, I don't know, hundreds of interviews yeah. that I did on them. Um, and, uh, I, and I just kind of forgot about it. I found the mini disc player. I still have it. Nice. Apparently, I still. Did you try it out yet? Uh, I did, actually. It still works. Good. You want to hear some of my brilliance of my mid uh, career? <laughs> <laughs> what do you have it handy? No, I do not. Okay, but here's why. I br- here's why I bring this up uh, because I imagine you having something uh, similar to what somebody sent me this week. Somebody sent me a very nice letter. Uh, I enjoy everything you do on WGN. I enjoy your cooking segments on TV. Uh, I found a letter that I wrote to you at WNUA and thought you might enjoy seeing it. Somebody sent me a letter January 30th, 1992, over at the WNUA, across the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I really enjoy your show. I love the idea of featuring a vintage jazz song every day suggested by your audience, which is uh, one of the very few things that I enjoyed uh, over there. <laughs> and it's a whole list of uh, like really cool songs. Antonio Carlos Jobim, Herbie Mann, Ramsey Lewis, Les McCann. I mean, it's two pages of uh, suggestions. But uh, how about that? Who keeps a letter that they send to somebody for all these years later, 30 years later? Dave Schwann does. (laughs) I do have um, cards and letters that I have uh, valued from uh, people over the years. Uh, Yeah, I do, actually. They're in in a couple of drawers right now. And I have them arranged chronologically. So should I want to go and pick one specifically, I I know where it is and I can pull it. I imagine your house looking like the Munster's house. No, you're not far wrong. (laughs) You're not far wrong. You know, we're getting set to move, too, so I'm going through a bunch of stuff. And I discovered that I had newspapers from the Bears' Super Bowl win in 1986, yeah. from several of the Bulls' championships, yeah. from all three of the Blackhawks' championships, and uh, several others that were kind of aging a little bit. Now, what are you going to do with all that? Well, that's a really good question. Because when I was going, the last time I moved, I was going through my things like that. Yeah. And I found newspapers, physical newspapers that I had saved from uh, when Neil Armstrong walked on the moon. Yes. Yes. uh, When Bobby Kennedy was assassinated. You know, I'd saved some of these newspapers and then I found them. And it's like, why am I saving this? You can get them off the Internet now, right? But there's nothing like holding it in your hand. Yeah. You know, it, it, when it, it gets all yellow and all that kind of, so I, I bought this box that supposedly is 
controls that Preserves, kind of stuff. Yeah, but I, I'll, I'll, I'll believe it when I actually see it happen. Yeah. Supposedly it you're happen. supposed to put it in uh, like, a, like a plastic thing to keep the oxygenation out okay. of it, is my understanding. Uh, I wound up just throwing all my stuff away. Yeah, that might be what happens with mine, too. Unless you want it, Chwani. No, maybe I should go through and see what you have there. I found a commemorative magazine of the big snow from 1967. I had that. And I also have... From the Tribune, right? Yeah, from the Tribune. And I also have the very, very last edition of the Chicago Daily News. Wow. Hmm. And an amazing column by Mike Royko. So what are you going to do with all that? Oh... I don't know. Just leave it on the shelf for at least for a little while. He's just happy to know that he has it. Uh, yeah, exactly. I guess. <laughs> I guess so. I I still have my Boy Scout uniform. <laughs> nice. When I was going when go, going through my stuff. When did I you moved. try it on? I, actually, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why because. I knew good and well that it was only going to be a tremendous disappointment. But I did try it on. Of course, it's not even remotely close to me being able to get into it now. And the only I, thing you can wear is the uh, the neck the piece, neckerchief. right? The neckerchief. The neckerchief, yeah. Um, so it's like, should I throw this away? I had a very, really nice time in the Boy Scouts. It was a very happy time in my life. I'm going to keep it. And what are you going to do with it? I don't it, know. Just leave it in the drawer, right? I don't know. I, yeah. Mostly I'm leaving it there so when I die, uh, people will go, why does he have a Boy Scout uniform in his closet? <laughs> <laughs> the great mysteries. So weird. I have uh, t-shirts from uh, my college radio station. Yeah, I've got those. And I don't know why I'm yeah, keeping and I can't, those. I either. can't wear those right now. I've got hundreds of t-shirts of, you know, that I'm keeping because they're cool Nice memories. It's like, why am I keeping all this junk? <laughs> I'm in a real purge mode right now. That's actually a good thing. Yeah, I need you to come downsize. over. I need you to come over and help I because so. I need to figure out what I need to keep and what I need to purge. Because everything I want to keep too. Because it's yeah. there's some sentimentality there, but it's also like, okay, what are you going to do with it? It's been in a box for six years. What are you going to do with it now? Yeah, I think you just leave all that to Milena, and yeah. she'll tell you what you need to keep or sure not has. keep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but thank you, John. From Buffalo Grove for saving. He made a copy of the letter that he sent to me in 1992. What did he recommend for um, Antonio Carlos Jobim? Uh, the song Wave. Oh, yes. The song Wave. And how about Les McCann? Uh, Les McCann, Live at Montreux. Live at Montreux, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, there's some great songs on here. Mel Torme, Songs of New York, uh, Ramsey Lewis, uh, Appendo Ni Panjomo. I don't know what that is, but uh, it's kind of cool. He also included in the letter <clears throat> that uh, he attended one of our tree time shows. He says six years after a surgical procedure that I had, which you know got my mind going, this could be a feature that we do at this year's tree time show. Tell us about your surgical procedure. <laughs> <laughs> We could easily Boy. easily kill 20, 30 minutes with that. You want to see this? Yeah, show that's going to be a new feature that we're going to do at this year's Tree Time Show. Show us your scars. Show us. <laughs> Can't wait. It's November 13th this year. Chicago's very own WGN.
27, Dean Richards Sunday morning. Coming up after the news, we'll get into our weekend theater segment. And today we're going to be talking with two of the stars of the world premiere production of the Notebook musical that's over at the Chicago Shakespeare Theater. They have taken the uh, very popular novel, which was turned into a very popular motion picture, and uh, now they have adapted it to a stage production with music. We'll learn a little about it. We'll hear a little of the show. Uh, that's all coming up after uh, 10.30 this morning. Uh, some of you have really good ideas with... Uh, what we were talking about before uh, with uh, surgery, uh, for example, let me see here. Uh, some of you have suggested that uh, Shwani and I take our old T-shirts that we were talking about, that we have hundreds of uh, T-shirts that we have stolen from radio stations through the years. Uh, what, you know, what do we do with them? I, I would just you know, get rid of them. Uh, but uh, several people said, take all those T-shirts and make a quilt out of them. Hmm. I would have absolutely no idea how to do that. I know probably a lot of you are, are into quilting. Uh, but a lot of people said, make a quilt or a blanket out of your old T-shirts. All right. Uh, somebody said about my Boy Scout uniform that I kept. Now, this Boy Scout uniform, what was I in the Boy Scouts? A long time ago. I don't remember the exact year when I was in the Boy Scouts. But somebody said uh, that I should frame it and hang it in a place of honor. That's a good idea. I like that idea. Uh, Other people are saying that, um, let's see here. Got a lot of of good ideas. Oh, here's uh, here's somebody with a suggestion on the idea of our new feature, Shwani, that we're going to do at Tree Time this year, uh, show us your scars. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody is suggesting that we do connect the scars. <laughs> that we we bring out, this is Margaret in Bridgeport. Uh, how about connect the scars, bring out colored Sharpies, <laughs> and make pictures out See of See what it. kind of a design we come up yeah. with. Yeah. <laughs> That could be good for the one, the one hour that we're not going to be on the air, you know, because it's uh, kind of visual. But still, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the Tree Time show, by the way, is going to be Sunday, November the 13th. It's right around the corner now. Out at Tree Time Christmas Creations, 22102 North Pepper Road in Lake Barrington. Uh, we've got all kinds of special guests who will be joining us, live entertainment uh, Andy is uh, going to be hanging out with his big shot friends, uh, Hamp and OB. Hall of Famer, world champion. So Hamp, uh, uh, Andy will not be uh, joining us. He's found the better people to hang out with now on Sunday. Oh, wow. It's okay. That he hurts. still talks to me. I do. <laughs> I really do. What are you at a loss for words there? He's, like, he's such a man of the people. <laughs> Pressing the flesh. <laughs> even though even though he's he's got new friends, new and more important friends, uh. he's still talking to us. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It's like high school all over again. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna find somebody uh, better to replace Andy <laughs> out at the tree time show. 
Uh, somebody suggested that Milena come out and join us uh, to do the show. Your wife, your new wife. She would probably be up for that, to be honest with She'd you. She'd be great. Yeah. She'd be great. She's hilarious. She just, you know, doesn't, you know, hasn't shown it on the radio. Yeah. Uh, well, she has a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's true. All right. Well, let's, we'll talk to her agent and see if we well, can. By the way, I'm her agent. Oh, well, that's so much for that. <laughs> I'm sure you've got some other NFL <laughs> Hall of Famer for it to hang out when with. You to home. Yeah, one day you'll be my home. It's 1038. Isn't that beautiful? One of the songs from the new world premiere of The Notebook, a new musical that has just world premiered at the Chicago Shakespeare Theater. Uh, and it is the uh, staged musical version of the Nicholas Sparks novel, which then turned into the iconic motion picture that starred Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams, James Garner, and uh, Gina Rollins as uh, Allie and Noah, respectively. Young Allie, young Noah, older Allie, older Noah. Uh, two people who are destined to fall in love, two people from completely different worlds who uh, just uh, could not escape each other uh, no matter what, no matter what was trying to pull them apart uh, and right up uh, until the very end of their lives. Uh, one of the most touching uh, books and motion pictures of all time. Joining us on the program this morning are uh, two of the actors who play Allie and Noah. Jordan Tyson plays young Allie, and uh, John Cardoza plays young Noah on the, uh, uh, in the production. Guys, welcome to WGN. Nice to have you both with us. Thank you. Hi, thank you so much for having us. Yeah. So th- this is kind of interesting because in the motion picture, there's... Uh, Young Allie and Noah, and older Allie and Noah. But in your production, there's uh, you know small, medium, and large. There there are three three pairs, right? In this one, mm-hmm. tell us yeah. about, tell us about that, Jordan. Um, yeah, there are, there are three couples. Um, we we actually got to have a talk back this week and talked about that and how exciting it is to get to focus so closely on you know, on just a very small moment of their lives as the actors. Um, You know, I don't have to think about how, you know, my whole life has passed me by because I get to focus on being just 17. Um, And so that sort of enriches the the experience for me. Yeah, and uh, John playing young Noah in this, Mm -hmm. uh, how much does the novel influence you? How much does the motion picture uh, influence you and your performance in this? Uh, well, I, I remember seeing the film when I was, when I was a kid. Um, I did, I did not revisit it uh, prior to, to starting rehearsal here simply because I did not want to sort of fall into the trap that is uh, imitation or, or pulling anything from Ryan's performance. However, uh, Ryan and I have the same source material, which is the novel and uh, so I did. I did read the novel, and I was sort of I, I was combing through it for details of of this character's life. You know, both in the musical and in the novel, um, it stated that he reads Walt Whitman. So I was like, great, I'm going to read Walt Whitman. 
in both uh, the novel and the musical, he drops out of school to to start working early to help his his family raise money. So I, you know, I'm looking into what that experience was like in 1967 to to be working as a child in an industry job, and um, and so. I just used the novel to sort of fill my, my brain with the same information that, that the character of Noah would be filling his brain with at the time, but I can just be very honestly responding to, to the situations that I find myself in on stage. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, the, uh, I mean, one of the things that stays with me most is, um, you know, this, this true love between Allie and Noah from when they're, they're young, as they get older, as they go their different ways as things change, and then as they are senior citizens, uh, mm-hmm. it, it's it's just a love that won't die. I mean, it's it, while while it can be, uh, you know, kind of sad to some people. And you know, when people watch the movie, they say, "Oh my gosh, I went through a half a box of tissue on this." Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's yeah. guaranteed. What what do you uh, think is the takeaway of uh, the Notebook, the version of the Notebook that you're doing? Wow, I mean, I think there's a lot to take away. I mean, on a on a large scale kind of thing, I'm like, I'm very much um, interested in bringing uh, storytelling in this way back to theater. You know, a true love story um, because of the loss that everyone in the world has experienced so recently. You know, and so I think our story and the way we tell it um, fills people in in a spiritual or emotional way. But even further than that, I think, especially getting to play the youngest Allie, it's, I want, I, I think, I hope a takeaway can be to trust, um, to trust young people to uh, know that what they feel can be true and, you know, because we have adults all around us, these grown people who think they know what's best for young people. And, and there is guidance to be given. Um, but at the same time, there's this, there's such a truth and a freedom that, that young people have. Um, and, and a lot of times it it's true. And then, you know, we, we tend to forget it or crush it in some way. Um, and in their case, you know, it couldn't be crushed, so that could not be crushed. I mean, that's uh, that, that's one of the most life affirming things to me. That no matter what obstacles came in the way of uh, Allie and Noah, uh, mm. in, including disease, uh, they yeah. they would not quit each other. They they it was just the truest. Talk about a soulmate. Talk about a you know a love story, mm. a, a beautiful affirming love story. That's what. Uh, the uh, the notebook is <coughs> John. Talk to me a little bit about the music that's been added to this because uh, it, we we heard just a, a little bit of a clip uh, there that's so gorgeous. Uh, talk talk to us a, a little bit about uh, what's been added. Yeah, I mean, I feel so lucky that I that I get to sing this music. Uh, I remember when I first heard the music. It was probably like four years ago at this point when um, when I first auditioned for the project and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to do this. It just it like soars and fills you up. Um, but I think what what makes an adaptation so so special and so and, and what makes an adaptation successful in my eyes is that um, what is being presented, what is being expanded, needs to you know 
sort of have have the the similar feelings of the source material of the novel of the film, but do things that those other two um, those other two mediums just can't, and that's where Ingrid comes into play. She can musicalize moments that that other that other mediums just don't have the capacity to do. I mean, for example, there's a really gorgeous song um, in Act Two where you have Noah and Allie in this room, and they are singing through their sort of internal monologue of what's happening at the time, but neither of them can hear each other. And that's something that you just can't have in a film. It doesn't read the same way. Um, and so the music is such a, a playful element that's added to to the show. And also, I mean, it's it's, it's used as, as a scene partner. It, it, it directs the audience in the direction of the show and um and you sort of move through the piece with it it's it's really it's a it's a gorgeous enhancement to the story i think yeah and uh jordan uh talk to me about uh, some of the the people who are guiding the show which most certainly is headed to broadway right i mean you know as much as i do honestly it um, is i mean they they haven't officially announced it yet but how do you how do you have a show like this and not take it to broadway i mean it it just it, it makes the most sense in the world yeah, I mean, it is a musical. Um, I think there, as the actor, I just get to focus on being here right now, you know. Um, and my hope, yeah, is that it gets to be shared with as many people as possible. Um, yeah, I, mean, I forgot I, your original I mean, question. <laughs> well, I mean, the the, pe- the people that are uh, have put this all together are the people who put, oh, yeah. put together Dear Evan Hansen and Rent. Oh, yeah. And Aida. I mean, for me, it was a dream come true to work with every single one of them because since, you know, I decided to do this as a career, they were the people whose works I looked to for guidance already on my own. And so, so to be in a room with them... Um, they each have their own sort of essence and way of working that uh, that guided the room in um, a sort of egoless land. Um, it was really very much like no room for ego. We are here for the work in the best possible way. I felt, um, you know, if, if any feelings of, oh, I don't know what I'm doing came up for me or um, confusion or something, it was immediately squashed because it's not about that. It's just how can we get to the heart of the story and get to the truth um, in the most efficient way. And so I felt very cared for and, um, and I learned so much, so much just from sitting and watching and um, yeah. Yeah. You've got pretty phenomenal. You've got some pretty heavy hitters (laughs) who are guiding uh, all of you through all of this. Uh, It has just been extended through October 30th. At the yeah. the yard at Chicago Shakespeare Theater, how cool is it to be performing at that uh, magnificent theater there, right on the lakefront? Is it is it great? It's oh my gosh! Absolutely it's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. I, I, I so, when we were in the rehearsal studio, we were all just kind of gawking because no matter where you go, you just have this gorgeous view of, of Lake Michigan and, and there are always people coming and going off the pier. It's such an exciting place to be. And then you walk into that theater and, you know, from the outside, it's, it's, it's just, you know, it's another building on the pier. You walk in there and it's just this like it's magnificent, yeah. magical vessel. It's an, it's really, really incredible. It really, what they have there. Yeah. it really, really is. Uh, again, through October 30th, Chicago Shakespeare theater, downtown, you want to get more info, go to Chicago shakes.com. 
Jordan Tyson, John Cardoza, I appreciate you joining us today. I hope you have a great time while you're here in Chicago. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. In just a moment, we remember the great Angela Lansbury. Uh, Coming up in our next half hour, one-on-one with Dwayne The Rock Johnson and uh, also Pierce Brosnan, the former 007. But I wanted to spend a couple of minutes on today's uh, theater segment remembering the great Angela Lansbury, who died this week at the age of 96. Last night on Broadway, uh, they dimmed all the lights on Broadway for one minute uh, at 7.45 in the evening last night to honor Angela Lansbury, someplace where uh, she... Uh, reigned supreme she was nominated for seven tony awards she won five of them for her performances in mame in gypsy dear world sweeney todd blythe spirit among others she made her debut in hotel paradiso Uh, she of course uh, will always be remembered from uh, murder she wrote that ran uh, you know on, on television for for years and years and probably continues to run i'm sure somebody is still running all of those uh, reruns but uh, she was a, an academy award uh, nominee as well for her movie debut in gaslight uh, her second nomination came from the portrait of dorian gray and then again in 1962 as the mother who betrays her son and country in the Manchurian Candidate. She received Golden Globes for a couple of those movies. She did get an honorary Academy Award in 2013. She got 11 Emmy nominations, playing Jessica Fletcher for Murder, She Wrote, but never won any. Got tons of Lifetime Achievement Awards. Uh, But I wanted to just remember uh, Angela Lansbury from something that I think a lot of you uh, will, you know, be able to remember on the 25th anniversary several years ago of Beauty and the Beast, uh, Angela Lansbury got together with composer Alan Menken, and uh, she sang the song that she sang in uh, Beauty and the Beast, the title song. Tom, you was in bed. Good night, love. One of the greatest of all time, the great Angela Lansbury, gone at the age of 96. What's your favorite game show? Favorite game show? You have a favorite game show, Andy? You know, I was a big fan in the day of uh, Press Your Luck. Wow. Okay. Huge fan. All right. I'm going to go with... Uh, I always liked the match game. Match game oh, was good. that was good. a good one, too. Match game. I liked uh, when they were clearly drunk. Oh, they were <laughs> wasted. They, you know, they used to record uh, several episodes at one time, sometimes like a week's worth of episodes at once, and they had uh, an open bar backstage. Oh, man. So Charles Nelson Riley and... Brett Richard Summers. Richard Dawson. They're all back there boozing it up while they're... <laughs> doing that what about hollywood squares hollywood squares was also very good i'm still a jeopardy person though yeah jeopardy's good too love yeah. jeopardy even with the new hosts yeah uh well there's no one like alex trebek i mean he was i used to watch that just because he was so good at what he did oh yeah he was so smooth but uh yeah the, I, i'm i there's been all kinds of things on social media about uh my Bialik and uh ken jennings, ken jennings yeah. about this uh Actually, but, i haven't seen you know i haven't seen them in action 
I have, you know, and again, uh, you know, there's 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 no one like Alex Trebek. So uh, you just have to go with that. Do you remember when uh, Jeopardy was hosted by uh, Art Fleming? Art Fleming. He yeah. was the he was the first host. The original. Yeah. Yep. Um, Price is right. Can't go wrong. Price is right. Always a good one. Um, always a classic. To tell the truth. Uh, you know what I like? Uh, I don't know what channel it's on, but I, I think it's on one of the nostalgia channels, uh, like super really old episodes from the 50s of What's My Line. What's My Line. Mm-hmm. Those are great. With yeah. John Daly. I yeah. love those shows. Yeah, John Daly, and I think Gary Moore was one of the hosts on that also. Was he uh, Was he on What's My What's Line? What's My Line, or, yeah. Or was he on one of the other ones? One of them. I've got a secret. I've got a secret. That's he, it. I'm he was, sorry. He was yeah, on, I've yeah. Got I've got a secret. Yes. Those are all classic shows. Pyramid. Oh, the pyramid. The classic pyramid with Dick Clark. Yeah, with Dick Clark. Those are classics. We've got some free tickets to give away for a favorite uh, game show that is coming to the Chicago area. Uh, you'll be able to see a live production of uh, one of america's favorite game shows one that we haven't mentioned yet but we'll get to that coming up next. In the- let's talk about game shows this sparked a little conversation on our text line here this morning I'm digging this groovy theme music here by the way quasi disco music uh, people mentioning as their favorite game shows password a lot of people saying Jeopardy. Someone remembering Video Village. I remember watching that, but I have no idea whatsoever what the specifics were of that game. I remember liking it when I was a little kid. Video Village? Shawnee, you're old. Do you remember that? Video Village? Yeah. Not really, no. I guess I'm older. I remember you. Captain Video and his video Hello, rangers. Captain but... Video. <laughs> Somebody said they had a major crush on Dorothy Kilgallen. Oh, wow. From What's My Line. Wow. <laughs> that wow. goes wow. back. Wow, that's right. Uh, the reason we're talking game shows is I've got a pair of tickets uh, to give away for a Wheel of Fortune Live at the Rosemont Theater next Sunday, October 23rd. A new all-theatrical experience hosted by Clay Aiken. Remember him? From... Uh, Whatever reality show he was on, what was that? What was Clay Aiken on? He was on the like on the big one. Oh, is that the the Voice? The Voice? No, it's the one before the Voice. America's Got Talent. I guess so. I don't know. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> the live stage show. Live stage show gives everyone a chance to win. Get tickets at Ticketmaster.com. But if you'd like a pair of tickets to go see. Wheel of Fortune live at the Rosemont Theater next Sunday, October 23rd. Just be the seventh caller on our uh, our contest line right now, which is 7, uh, 312-7, no, 312-981-7200, 312-981-7200. And the uh, seventh caller will uh, win those tickets. American Idol. Oh, there you go. Thank okay. You. Thank you, yeah. somebody on the text line. Yeah, yes, man. American Idol. You know, I don't think I've ever watched uh, one full episode of American Idol. I don't think I have either. That ever, makes three of us. Ever in my life. I haven't seen Survivor either. Haven't Not seen a minute. Survivor. I haven't seen any of the Kardashian shows. No. 
No. no, just not my cup of tea. I know a lot of people love, love them, but not my cup of tea. But boy, people are remember the people love their game shows. Concentration. Mm-hmm. Somebody is mentioning here on the on our text line. People love their uh, game shows, and people love their uh, A list superstars, which is uh, who we talked to uh, this past week out in Los Angeles. Starting to go back out to Los Angeles a little bit to do some of these A list interviews, and we sat down with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. He's got a new movie that opens up this coming Friday called Black Adam. Uh, If you're familiar with the DC uh, comic book world, you know Black Adam. You know the whole uh, history uh, behind it all. And it's taken 15 years for Dwayne Johnson to uh, get this whole thing made. And he stars in it along with uh, Pierce Brosnan and Aldous Hodge, uh, among many others. We'll hear from all three in just a moment. But uh, before uh, before I interviewed uh, Dwayne Johnson, just a few minutes before that, I was interviewing Jamie Lee Curtis for her movie, Halloween Ends. And I told her that I'm going to be talking with Dwayne Johnson uh, in just a few minutes. And she said, oh, I just met him in Mexico. And tell him, uh, I, want, I want my picture. They had taken a picture together. And he was going to send it to her, and he never did. So he said, uh, she told me, tell him to send me my picture. So when I sat down with Dwayne Johnson, uh, that was the first thing that I brought up. About an hour ago, I talked with Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. We did a Zoom chat for yeah. her movie that's coming out. And I told her I was going to talk to you today. She said, you make sure you tell him I said hello. I Aww. just saw him in Mexico. And tell him to send me that picture. Yeah. <laughs> so I could take that a million different ways. I got a great picture of her and I that I have to send her. I met Jamie for the first time, and I, like all of us, have always just loved Jamie. Yeah, I'm sure you've known her for some time. I'd never met Jamie. Yeah. And we finally just met in Mexico, and what a beautiful, awesome yeah. woman she is. She's an amazing person. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and it, it just made me she wonder. She cusses like me, too, and I she love, does, it. <laughs> she, I love she, it. She does have a little mouth like a sailor sometimes. <laughs> It made me wonder, though, when uh, A-listers like run into each other like that, what's the experience like? I mean, are, are there people who are, you are a little starstruck by when you run into them? I was starstruck when I met um, Clint Eastwood because mm. he's, he has and always will be my favorite actor, greatest inspiration. Uh, on screen and um, he surprised me once at an event and he surprised me giving me an award uh, which blew me away so I got a little starstruck there Clint it's cool Um, and I've met a few in Hollywood uh, who when I meet other we'll call them A-listers I'm always I'm so happy when I walk away and they're awesome it makes me feel so good when they're good people and then when they're not, man, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. wow, yeah. never knew that person was it's, an asshole. Uh, you know? You, uh, well, <laughs> you know, they are actors, after yeah. all. You know, it only takes a few, you got to be polite for just a few minutes. Uh, yeah. Um, do, you, do you feel like uh, Black Adam's like kind of a, a little bit of a return to like old school for you a little bit? I felt like I was watching like yeah. when, when you and I first met. I love that you said that. I, I do feel that Black Adam for me is a culmination of everything that I've done in my career, including wrestling, first movie, I mean everything. So I do feel Black Adam is the most important movie I've ever made. And I feel like it has the biggest 
um, consequences and risks. And on the other side, uh, there's great upside too. I mean, you, you're looking at a DC universe that I have loved growing up, and now we have an opportunity to expand it. And we introduced five new superheroes in one movie, and that's an exciting thing. And, and so fingers crossed you, you do it right, and you make a good one, then yeah. you could go on and tell more stories. Yeah. Uh, but this was it for me, Dean. This was like the one. I poured everything. I push all chips in with everything I do anyway, but right. this one was 10 year plus. Fought for it, pushed it along. Studio had a harder time seeing past the Justice League 10, eight years ago. Yeah. And I get that, but with Black Adam and this opportunity we have, like this was it for me. I gotta ask you about the time that you make for Make-A-Wish and other charities. I mean, lots of celebrities do occasional uh, things like that, which is great. You do things all the time. Mm -hmm. We're always seeing you visiting a kid in a hospital, doing something, making some wish come true. How do you, how do you make time for that, and why is that so important to you? How I make time for that is, you just said it, I make time for that. Just make time for it. And it's important because... I'm lucky to be in the position that I'm in and where I have a little bit of influence. And when I meet someone, especially kids, especially kids who are struggling and they're going through it and a phone call, a video, um, a meeting, a hug, a selfie, an autograph, all the easiest parts of my job to do, uh, a meeting, phone call, selfie, whatever it is, a hug easiest part of my job. The reaction and the impact that it has on those kids and being a parent, the impact that it has on the parents, because now for this little moment, their kid is happy and smiling and feeling good, feeling some good mana and energy. You realize that that's also the best part of my job. That's the best part of fame. That stuff, when I do that with kids or even big kids with adults who get emotional too, that's the best part of fame. Yeah, coming up in just a minute, uh, we'll talk with Dwayne Johnson's co-star in his new movie, Black Adam, former 007 Pierce Brosnan, next. WGN. 11.24, my A-list interviews this week, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who we just heard. Also, Pierce Brosnan, former 007, and actor Aldous Hodge paired together, talking about being in this big uh, you know, superhero action movie complete with uh, big costumes how does that affect their performances i think it uh it changes your your physical awareness but i think uh, the idea of a costume change of the character uh might be a misstep in the approach for for an actor right the character is always rooted in who they are the costume is sort of an asset or or um an extension but the character has to be the same way in costume and outside of costume, the nature of who that character is, the substance is, is the same. I, I say that uh, the hero is Carter Hall. Hawkman is just the embodiment of said, mm. uh, um, you know, uh, actionability. So for me, it doesn't change the acting from the spirit, from the spiritual sense to the emotional sense, but it definitely changes the physicality. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Were, was your costume? All real, or was any of that digitally? Yeah, every, everything. Uh, my costume was real, and it was definitely a real forty pounds. <laughs> um, and uh, the only thing that wasn't was the wings. You know, um, I sometimes would have placeholders just so we could see the size of the wings. Or, yeah. You know, I'd feel, I'd have weights in the back to feel the weight of the wings. Yeah. But uh, I don't know how many rooms I'm able to walk into with those wings. Yeah. 
Yeah, mm -hmm. that, that is. Pierce, how about for you with your... As Dr. Fate, uh, Kent Nelson, Dr. Fate. Well, it was the last thing I expected to play. Uh, and I'm so joyful that I have been asked into this arena and Parthenon of such superheroes and in this case great actors like Aldous, Quintessa, Noah and the company that I, I, I was in I hold dear to my heart. I, um, my costume is digitalized so I, I, had to, I had to wear a mocap suit motion capture suit yeah. which is not the most... With the dots all over it. Yeah. With the dots yeah. all yeah. over it. Yeah. But luckily I was trained in the theater and mm -hmm. uh, grew up in the theater, so, you know, you have your imagination and that's, uh, yeah. th that's, that's a very valuable asset to have. And yeah. the script, uh, uh, the relationship between Hawkman and myself was so well founded and I could believe in it. Yeah. And so it takes courage to stand on a set in front of 200 people in a motion capture suit and try to portray <laughs> a character that is going to be... It's a, it's a skin tight motion. It's a skin tight. Also. Oh, yeah. it's great. We tight. cheered when people... That, that adds to the have the courage Ow! to stand in yeah. front of... Right. Oh, yeah. I, everyone had a good laugh at my expense. <laughs> the warmth of their love yeah. I shall hold dear forever. Yeah. But uh, I'm just trying to imagine James Bond wearing one of those. Uh, <laughs> well, is the persona in your mind, is, is the acting different when you know you're doing like sort of an action hero this time as opposed to 007? It all goes to the emotion. It all goes to the sincerity and the truthfulness of your own knowledge, your own heart, your own experience, and <clears throat> whether you're playing James Bond or whether you're playing Dr. Fate, or whatever you're playing has to come from your own inner self, and the embodiment and the courage it takes to step out onto a stage to portray yeah. what you've been asked to portray. I'm not going to lie to you, it is intimidating sitting in front of James Bond. <laughs> And having a conversation with one of the coolest guys in the world. Nice, super nice guy, uh, Pierce Brosnan. I've interviewed him probably a dozen times over the years. Um, it's a really different kind of role for him in this new movie, Black Adam, that opens on Friday. We'll have more on our WGN TV morning news with Dwayne Johnson and Pierce Brosnan and Aldous Hodge. Uh, plus, coming up later on this week on television. Uh, my one-on-one -on -one interviews with George Clooney and Julia Roberts. We had a terrific conversation with them. We'll share it on TV. And uh, the next Sunday right here, we will uh, play the uh, full interview for you of that. I've got a lot of A-listers uh, coming up for you.